Armstrong Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio. This, this is 95X. WXRO, Beaverdam, Sugar Island, and Pumpkin Center. A Good Karma Brands radio station. Wake up with 95X. Welcome, friends. Guess what, everyone? Today is National Daiquiri Day. A daiquiri, if you will, bartender. Hey, daiquiri me! Banana daiquiri, please. Have a frozen daiquiri. It's National Daiquiri Day, so raise your glass. Cheers to that. Two straws and a banana daiquiri. Yeah, I'll take a virgin banana daiquiri. Easy on the virgin. We're celebrating National Daiquiri Day. Okay, everybody, it's showtime. You're listening to the 95X Morning Show. Well, uh, good morning, everybody, and we do welcome you in today to our program. Uh, Today is Tuesday, the 19th of the uh, 7 of the 22, and uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome on in, as I mentioned. We are at Watertown Regional Medical Center today. Um, I know I'm in Watertown when I was pulling into the parking lot and I had a family of geese walking in front of me. I mean, it only makes sense, right? I mean, you're in Gosling country. You should have geese walking in front of you. It would have been really weird, I think, if there would have been ducks walking in front of me. But anyways, we're going to be talking orthopedics today, folks. Uh, We're going to get to the 95X morning show. Plenty to talk to. Plenty to get to. Uh, Right now, right back into the music on 95X. everybody we are welcoming you back to uh watertown regional medical center where we are set up and ready to do our live broadcast today uh as i mentioned uh, to start the program uh, first of all a big thank you to thomas back at the radio station um the guy runs an incredibly tight board does a great job and the fact that he is awake and ready to go after putting in long days is always a uh, an exceptional thing uh, we are going to talk orthopedics today. Dr. Jason Habeck is an orthopedic surgeon here. I was just getting to know him a little bit. I understand that you are from Hodeg country. That's right. I uh, was born and raised in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Oh, man. So you're, you're kind of a local kid almost, right? Pretty much. Yeah, just a little bit north of here, but born and raised, love Wisconsin. So many times when I have talked with doctors, um, doesn't matter what area of expertise they're in, so many of those doctors that I talked to discovered what line they wanted to go into once they got once they got into medical school, and once they started to see things, and once they started getting introduced to the wide world and wonderful world of doctoring. You knew right away in high school that this is what you wanted to do, right? That's exactly right. Uh, I played a ton of sports growing up, pretty much everything: basketball, soccer, football, baseball, and ice hockey was my huge sport that I played year round. And by high school, I knew I wanted to do something in sports, and I decided I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon very early in high school. So going through college and medical school, it it was plain as day. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, A lot of my medical school friends, they they sort of figured things out as they went along and picked it, but uh, I knew all along this was exactly what I wanted to do. That is amazing because, like, there are so many different avenues that a person could go into that would be sports-related, right? I mean, there's sports marketing, there's physical therapy, personal training, whatever. You knew in high school that you wanted to actually operate and replace joints on people. Yeah, I think part of it was my mom was a nurse, so I had that medical background or, or had that medical uh, link. And then my dad was a civil engineer, which is sort of logical thinking. And orthopedics really is a blend of the two. Uh, in a way, it is sort of like construction and physics and planning things out in an engineering way uh, while taking care of people in a medical field. So it was a perfect fit. 
Yeah, that's really cool. So um, when I was growing up, obviously I, I love sports as well, and I just remember watching my favorite athletes growing up and seeing what what kind of surgeries they went through back then to where we are right now um, is is ridiculous. You know, over the last 50 years for me, you know, I remember when, oh, you know, he's got Liz Frank. He's done. His career's over. Exactly. You're, you're, you're done. Your foot's maxed up. You're done. You know, somebody would blow out a knee. Ah, they're never going to be the same. Now that's just not the case. Now it's amazing to me what is able to be done from a, a medical standpoint. And it's got to be pretty cool to be part of that. It is. Orthopedics tends to be fairly cutting edge with the technology we use, uh, innovations in surgery, things like that. So, so it is very exciting. I still see patients that were treated 40 or 50 years ago in a way that kind of blows your mind with, with what we do today. Fractures where they'd be laying in bed for three months, sometimes in skeletal traction. Now we can nail a femur fracture and get them up walking the next day. I mean, it's completely different in the last few decades. So it's very exciting. What's it like at this facility? Because I think any, for anybody in the area that has never been here, you drive by and go, it's a hospital. Until you walk through the doors and then you get blown away by what this place looks like on the inside. I've got to believe that from a, a standpoint of working here, it's got to be a lot how I feel when I walk through the doors of like, what a cool facility. Absolutely. Uh, this, this is a regional medical center, but part of the reason I, I chose to work here, so I'm fellowship trained in hip and knee replacement, and I needed to go somewhere that could basically fulfill what I needed. I needed technology and, and patients and great operating rooms and, and staff. Uh, and it's been absolutely all of that. It's it's sort of like a diamond in the rough, really, because we can do all the things that the, the major joint replacement orthopedic centers can do. Uh, it's just a smaller, more intimate, kind of know-everybody type of community. So it's very special. Well, and, and I like the fact that for people that live here, I mean, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, Oh, you need a new place? Oh, we're going to send you to Madison. Oh, we're going to send you to Freighter. Oh, we're going to send you to Green Bay. Not the case anymore. Absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of surgeons in the area that do hip and knee replacement, but as far as why I came here, so again, I'm fellowship trained in hip and knee replacement, and in regards to adult reconstruction, there's pretty much nothing that we can't do here anymore. Like, I, I do not really send anybody out for hip and knee stuff. I I can do whatever needs to be done. Uh, the only people that we send out is if they need more medical care from like a Madison, Chicago, Milwaukee type thing. Uh, and then Dr. Roman, who's going to be on later, great sports surgeon, we're not sending a whole lot of stuff out. We feel very comfortable doing the vast majority of anything that walks through our doors. Yeah, I'm just really impressed with this facility. When we, I was here last time, we were talking about the, the uh, women's clinic and everything that goes into there, and it's like it just blows you away to find out that that's right here in Watertown, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are very surprised, uh, and a lot of people are very, very happy, but, but very surprised when they come in and see what we have to offer, and, and as they go through the either non-operative or surgical um, avenues, they're just so happy to be able to stay close to home, but get get some 
top quality care here. I want to talk to you uh, next time around just a little bit about procedures sure, and how, how, how people would go about doing some things. We're live today at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Uh, Dr. Havik is our, our guest this hour. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Um, I'm sure that if people want to find out more about the whole orthopedic department, there's probably a place on the web that they can find it. Yeah, so our hospital website is watertownregional.com. Uh, you can easily find the orthopedic and sports medicine page from there. Uh, if you simply Google my name or so Jason Hobbick, MD, you're going to get the first hit will be my Watertown web uh, website would be also an easy way. Wait and a second, it, not your sports statistics out of Rhinelander? I thought the those, first thing... Those would be a little further down on okay, Google, okay. but they're probably there all if right. you look. So. I kind of figured. It, it, are they all hockey-related? They are. Yeah. They are. <laughs> That's okay. We're not going to hold that against you. Sure. Hockey is big up in the northern part of Wisconsin. I remember working, uh, like I say, in Antigo, and I remember at when I worked there, Northland Pines um, was like the premier hockey program in the state. So I, I have a funny story about that, actually. So that's Rhinelander's very close hockey rival. So when I was 16, my parents and myself, we moved out to Eagle River. And the decision was, do I go play for Northland Pines or oh. do I stick with Rhinelander? So I stayed at Rhinelander. I drove 30 minutes to school every day because I, the way I thought about it is, you know, Brett Favre goes to the Vikings at the same time. Like, I can't defect <laughs> to the rival. <laughs> So I drove to Rhinelander every day, but yeah, that that's a hockey powerhouse. Uh, Eagle River is like two thousand people, and they have a hockey powerhouse. Uh, great rivalry with with Rhinelander. So absolutely, I love I love um, I've done a lot of high school sports in Wisconsin, and I love sometimes how you have these small communities that, for some reason or another, they've got like thirty kids that go to their school. But for some reason, they absolutely dominated in one sport. I remember it with a little community outside of um, Wausau called Athens. Mm -hmm. And their wrestling program was absolutely ridiculous. How many kids won state every year for that program over a long period of time? And it was like, how does that happen? Is it in the water or what? It's got to be in the water, which is usually frozen up right. there. Uh, but it's the culture. You know, I started playing when I was four or five. So if you've got a community that supports it, start all these kids young and stick together, I, I think that's how, how it's done. Our friend Steve right behind you would know all about that with Randolph basketball. I mean, right. you want to talk about a powerhouse in the state of Wisconsin. There's another program that's just ridiculous. All right, we're going to come back more with more from Watertown Regional Medical Center coming up on 95X. Hey, everybody. It is Rick Arman. Thomas is back at the radio station. We're live at Watertown Regional Medical Center today talking orthopedics. Dr. Jason Hobbick is joining us. He's a hodeg from Rhinelander country, but... He did not defect to Northland Pines when given the opportunity at playing hockey. I say good for you. Kudos. Yeah, you got to stick to what brought you there. So, how, how are the how are the kids at uh, Northland Pines towards you? Uh, they didn't. I don't think they really knew. Oh, that they didn't. I lived there. What you were like had like an alter ego? Yeah, exactly. You, so you were like Iron Man, basically. Yeah, right? that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> By the way, uh, Hasbro has teamed up with a 3D printing company. And you are going to be able to, I don't know if this is going to be a, a long-term thing, but at Comic-Con next week, people that show up will be able to pay 60 bucks and get an action figure, okay. like, a, like a Marvel, like a G.I. Joe, a Ghostbuster, a Power Ranger, one of those. And you'll actually be able to have your face 3D printed on the action figure that you choose. 
So what action figure are you choosing to be, have your face, have Jason's face on? Maybe Batman. Yeah, but you're covered by a mask then. I know, exactly. <laughs> we no, won't know that. Nobody really knows. Right. I guess that's not a, I guess that would be the same with just about any action figure. Or, I mean, Captain America, I guess he's got kind of a mask on, doesn't he? Yeah, what action yeah. figure? I'm Hulk. Uh, but then again, he looks like a completely different guy. True. I mean, you'd look pretty freaky with this big green character with your face on it. Green is Hodeg color, though. That's right. That's right. So I that was, might work. I, I, I have my picture taken next to the big Hodeg right in town. That yeah, they got, like, at the Chamber of Commerce. At the Chamber of Commerce, yeah. yeah. We, uh, we were up in uh, Rhinelander a couple of years ago for um, uh, my daughter's friend's wedding. And uh, we were out for a walk, and I'm like, I got to get a picture with the Hodeg. And my wife just, you know, did her typical shake her head, like, whatever. We love our Hodegs up there. In our ice arena, we've got the same person that made that Chamber of Commerce Hodeg. They put one up, a huge one. It sits in an ice cave in the back corner of the ice rink. So when the Hodegs score, when they light the lamp, this thing comes out, smoke comes out of its nose, its eyes glow red, and it roars. Yeah. Are you serious? Dead serious. Yeah, All it's right. awesome. That has got to be one of the coolest things in high school sports. I right agree. there. Yeah. Oh, wait a go. They, they made it when I was in high school, so we kind of got to see the construction, and then I believe I was the first one that brought that thing out. Dude, you, really? Yeah. So you lit the you lit the net, be, and that was, really? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. See, that's what we're going to find when we Google you. Maybe. Maybe, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for, at least. It's 22 minutes after 6 o'clock. The News Ninja is going to update us on everything local. Uh, look at local news is coming up next on 95X. 95X News Time is 625. It's hot outside, but the newsroom is smoking. Here's Ninja with a check of local news. Fond du Lac County authorities have fielded a number of vehicle braking complaints in recent weeks. The Sheriff's Office says these incidents have occurred primarily along the Winnebago Drive area, with these suspects targeting residences on dead-end and secluded streets. Sheriff's officials are asking the public's help in keeping an eye out, especially in the identified problem area. Anyone who has seen a suspicious person or captured anything on residential security cameras is asked to contact the Sheriff's Office. The public can also leave an anonymous tip. The Fond du Lac County Sheriff's Office says they have an action plan for security at this week's county fair. Sheriff Ryan Waldschmidt says they have both deputy reserves and full-time deputies working at the fairgrounds. Meanwhile, an action plan is developed each year incorporating security to address the latest crime trends. One change will be barriers put up that cut off vehicle access to the fairgrounds. Other measures will be put in place, but for security reasons, authorities have not revealed them. The fair starts tomorrow and runs through Sunday at the county fairgrounds in Fond du Lac. And finally, the new nationwide suicide and crisis lifeline is now in use. That number is 988, and it will connect you to local counselors. Health officials hope having a new easy-to-remember number could help reduce the calls to police and emergency services and instead send those people to the help directly that can help them. Wisconsin's helpline directs calls to Family Services of Northeast Wisconsin in Green Bay, which became the statewide service for these kind of calls in August 2020. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. It is 26 minutes after 6. Again, folks, we are live today from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Dr. Jason Habeck is joining us uh, today, an orthopedic surgeon. We've learned a lot about him. You know, Steve does a great job of putting together these guides for me to follow. And th these are really important. 
And one of the questions that he has are, what are some fun facts about you? I've already learned fun facts about you. Um, talking about hockey, you put up a ice rink in your backyard this year? Yeah, I actually put it in the front yard. Oh, in the front yard! Because the backyard had a little bit too much slope. So I was out there with my laser level at nighttime, kind of <laughs> eyeing up where I could put this rink. Uh, so it's a 25 by 50 foot rink, and the front yard was the best spot to put it. I may level out the backyard at some point, but last year was the inaugural year of the Hobbit sure. ice rink. Uh, so as I was telling Rick, I have a six, four, and two-year-old, so it's prime time to get them on the ice. So we had a nice front yard ice rink oh, in wow. our yard this year that, that we took nice care of and got you, them out there. Are you going to get lights up at some point? We've thought about it. Uh, it's it's a nice kit that I got. It's got boards and a liner, and you can add on to put nets and netting, uh, <laughs> arena-type lights and things. So. That's probably coming in the future. Man, you don't pucker around, do you? <laughs> no, not much. <laughs> I, sorry, I had to do it, people. I'm sorry. I I just had to do it. That was puck with a P. That's right. Exactly. I want to make sure everybody understands <laughs> that. Uh, we were talking also about um, hip and, and knee pain and what you are able to do for folks. The thing I, I think the qu- question somebody has, if somebody knows who you are, obviously they're going to call you up and say, hey, I've had problems with my knee or my hip. You know, What should we do here? But if there's somebody that like doesn't know anything about orthopedics, is their first call going to be to their family doctor, typically? It totally depends. It can be. Uh, I think a lot of people trust on their primary care doctors for basically all their medical care. So the logical step for them might be to call their primary care doctor, and they could easily refer them to our clinic. Uh, we don't require referrals, so they, can't, they can okay. call us directly. Uh, we get a lot of patients with no referrals. They have hip or knee or, or other uh, orthopedic issues, and they're able to call us directly and, and come on in and get evaluated. Pain is usually the number one thing that causes people to seek you. Like, I've been having this knee pain now for the last four months, and I am tired of it. What are some, um, what are some things, like, when it comes to hips, that people should take note of, like if they get pain in a certain area or a a certain feeling, what is kind of a telltale sign that maybe somebody might have some uh, hip issues? It's interesting. Your your hip joint, I think a lot of people sort of feel the bump on the outside of their thigh and they think that's their hip. That's not their hip joint. So typically, hip arthritis, the most common area of pain is more in the groin. Uh, other things to look for, like issues getting your shoes and socks on, is a good sign that your hip's not moving as well as it should be. A lot of people think that's their knee. Uh, a lot of times it's actually a hip arthritis type issue. Okay, so look for a little bit of a, because uh, I, I had heard this before too, uh, that, that kind of nagging pain inside the groin. If somebody's got pain on the outside, is that more like a lot of times bursa related? Yeah, hip bursitis, the IT band runs right over that area. So yeah. IT band syndrome uh, are the two most common culprits of pain there. Uh, it's related to the hip joint, but it's not It's not typically hip arthritis out there. Are there different um, materials that people use now, that doctors use now when it comes to hip replacement? I, I think I, you think of the word titanium and those kind of things. Are there different types of products that are used? And I I could talk about that for an hour, but the short answer is yes. Uh, In hips in particular, you can cement or cementless. The vast majority of hip replacements are cementless. 
typically titanium. There's usually a porous coating on both the socket and, and the stem side that your bone grows right into. Uh, and those are all made differently by different implant companies, but they're all very similar. And then the second thing that we have a lot of options is what the bearing surface is made out of. The most common would be ceramic on plastic. We also have options of metal on plastic. Uh, we obviously are no longer doing metal on metal. Right. Uh, we thought that was a great idea 15 years ago and it turned out not to be. I'm still replacing some of those. Uh, but there's other options for people that are at higher risk of dislocation. Like I will, I'll do dual mobility hips, which puts a larger head in that's actually made of plastic. And I'll put that into a metal liner, which reduces the dislocation risk for people with spinal fusions and different reasons. Um, there's a lot of different options out there. When it comes to replacing a hip, what is the common recovery time? I tell everybody to think of it like a three-month recovery. Okay. And, and the reason I use three months, uh, number one, you can walk on it the same day or the day after, full weight-bearing. But for people that are working full-time, on their feet all day, 40 hours a week, it's usually about 12 weeks. Okay. And, and everybody's very different. Some people get back a little quicker. Some people take a little longer. But I prepare everybody for a three-month recovery after, after a replacement. Is it similar with knee replacement? Is shorter or longer? It's, it's a very similar timeline. I think hips tend to progress a little earlier at the onset, but typically by about 12 weeks, everybody's about 90% recovered, I tell them. And full recovery takes over a year, but you're, you're pretty much there at three months. Is there anything that like people should avoid if they even after their first three months? This is somewhat surgeon preference. There are people that go back to crazy stuff like marathon running and things. Oh. I, I caution people not to do high-impact activities regularly, like distance running. Uh, it's okay to do things like softball, where you're running short distances, uh, get back into athletics, but that high-impact activity over and over. I urge people not to do that. That's hard on all your joints. Right. But there are people that don't listen to me. I know. I get it because I, I, I had uh, plantar fasciitis years ago. And when I was uh, going through, you know, because that took several weeks to kind of finally get rid of that. And I just, I loved running. I just transitioned over to elliptical. And I mean, I have not had a problem since. The running, jogging is, is so high impact. I'll tell people to, to get an exercise bike or a road bike, elliptical, a pool, all these low impact things tend to be a lot easier. Uh, but if, if you're somewhat addicted to running, right. it's hard to give it up. Oh, I know. I've got a friend that he can barely walk but he refuses to give up running and i've had that conversation with him over and over but you're right it is difficult if it's something you really love doing i totally agree and i if that's what drives you and if that's what gives you joy in life you can't really give it up until you just can't do it anymore yeah, that's true well we're and, then, and then it's time to come see me right exactly and then we'll take care of it again uh we are at watertown regional medical center we're going to have uh, more of the morning show coming up in fact we're going to check out your trifecta next on 95x if it's interesting, interesting, entertaining, entertaining, or extra wacky, you're having a psychotic episode. That automatically puts me in charge. You'll hear it right here. It's the morning trifecta from 95X. 
All right, let's get to your morning trifecta brought to you by J&L Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek. Well, Mars Incorporated is being sued by consumers who claim that Skittles, quote, are unfit for human consumption due to heightened levels of titanium dioxide. You ever heard of titanium dioxide? I, th- I thought we all knew that already. I thought we all knew that as well. Mars cannot comment directly on the pending litigation, but says use of titanium dioxide complies with FDA regulations. Court documents use the company of planning to phase out the uh, toxin as long back as 2016, but have not taken any action. By the way, France uh, banned it back in 2019. The company announced it would comply with the uh, country's law. The, in May, the EU announced it would adopt a ban on use of the toxin as a food additive as well. Skittles are one of those things that I can take or leave. I like them if like, there's nothing else there and I want something sweet. But, I mean, realistically, don't you get bummed out if you grab what you think are M&Ms and they turn out to be Skittles? Yeah, I don't. Skittles aren't really a go-to candy. Thank you. Right. Thank you. All right, we move on. French people consume more mustard than anyone else on the planet, and they are, I'll tell you what, they are getting really perturbed right now because a lot of Dijon mustard is disappearing off supermarket shelves. Uh, Many stores have completely run out. Others are limiting sales to one jar per person. The director of the uh, René Dijon mustard manufacturer says climate change is to blame. 80% of the brown mustard seeds come from Canada, where a heat wave last year devastated the crop. Uh, You know, we we heard about uh, the sriracha shortage that is going on right now, uh, especially for people over in the Far East, uh, Vietnam and and Thailand and those countries. Now here we got to deal with Dijon mustard. I think for the sake of everybody, we're just happy there's not a toilet paper shortage anymore. Correct. That was the one that really got everybody up in arms. We move on. Experts say the best alcohol to drink to avoid a hangover is... No alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. Blanco tequila. Really? Yeah. The reason is it's the clear stuff. And alcohol is... um, The tequila is made of 100% agave which is a Mexican plant. It has no sugar. It has no corn syrup. Without sugar, your body is supposedly able to process the alcohol cleanly without making you feel like garbage the next morning. Or you could do as the doc said, just don't drink it or a lot of it. So it's like healthy. Right. It sounds like then. It must be. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many people we just turned on to uh, <laughs> Blanco tequila. Be careful. Exactly. That is your morning trifecta brought to you today by JL Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek. We're going to be talking to Jennifer in just a moment, but first let's knock out a kick in a classic for this hour. Um, I was looking at today's day in history, and it was on this day that uh, 1986 that Peter Gabriel had the number two hit in America with Sledgehammer, which is great. Unfortunately, the band he just left had the number one hit. Here's your kick in a classic from 1986. 652, uh, we're live from Watertown uh, Regional Medical Center in Beaver, in, uh, in Watertown. In, back in Beaver Dam is where Thomas is right now. And Jennifer joining us to talk weather. Uh, brought to you by Menards on the north side of Beaver Dam. Menards, where you're always going to find the great low prices and all the stuff that you need. 
Uh, Jennifer, we went through a 90-degree day yesterday. Um, do we uh, do we continue to see these super very warm and muggy conditions for the rest of the week? Essentially, yeah. I mean, we're going to be seeing temperatures lingering primarily in the 80s for afternoon highs for the rest of the work week and then in, into the weekend ahead. But the mugginess is really still going to stick around a little bit. Today we're looking at sunny skies, highs getting up around about the upper 80s. We should be in the low 80s instead. Bit on the muggy side, but windy today as well. So hopefully that'll help offset that heat a bit. Then for tonight, a slight chance for showers and storms. Partly cloudy overnight, lows around about 71. By Wednesday, a slight chance for rain showers here in the afternoon hours. Blend of clouds and sunshine develops high around about 83 degrees. 87 here for your Thursday, mostly sunny skies. Friday, sunshine high of 85. Then on Saturday, a chance for rain showers. Blend of clouds and sunshine develops high around about 85 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wuchipski. Oh, Jennifer, thank you so much for that look at weather. When we get together next time, I will have your five random facts for you. Sounds great to me. Thanks. All right. Thank you. That's Jennifer with Look at the Weather brought to you by Menards. We're hanging out this morning at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Uh, Dr. Jason Havick is joining us, uh, and we were talking about uh, knee uh, replacements and hip replacements and one of the areas that we talked about off the air, but I realize that we haven't even mentioned yet, is technology. Um, the The world has changed a lot when it comes to everything technology-related. What's it been like for you guys in the world of uh, orthopedics? In the last 20 years, there's been so much technology that's been introduced in orthopedics. I think orthopedics is oftentimes on the on the front edge of technology. Uh, and the one thing with technology, you never want to be the first. You want to make sure it works before right. that. But uh, we use a lot of technology here as well. Uh, I think the, the coolest piece of technology that I'm currently using, uh, and, and I may be about to use it in the next couple minutes here uh, with the surgery at 730, I, I use a computer navigation for my hip replacements. What this is, it's joint point. Uh, and when we're doing hips, we have an x-ray machine in the room, so I am taking x-ray images as I'm doing the hip replacement. This is a huge advancement just to have x-ray in the room compared to the old way of doing it from the side where people were just kind of guessing what felt good. So now we're doing them from the front, muscle sparing surgery, and it's much easier to get that x-ray machine in during surgery. Still at, at that point 10 years ago, there's still some eyeballing going on and some very educated guesses. So when I came here, I said, I'd like a computer so I can navigate my hips. Because I, I probably have a very good educated guess, but I'd ra- rather have something tell me where am I putting this stuff and what type of angles and how much leg length am I getting people and what type of offset am I getting. So the fluoroscopic images that I take during surgery are sent directly to a computer, and I've got a nice big screen to look at. It tells me the angle of the cup. So the cup of the ball and socket. So the socket gets put in in a certain inclination and an aversion. So it will tell me to the degree how much angle in two different directions. And then once I have a trial hip replacement in place, it can tell me how much am I lengthening the leg, which is fairly straightforward. As you develop severe arthritis, your leg actually gets a little bit shorter because you're losing that cartilage, that shock absorber. So it can tell me exactly how much am I lengthening the leg, how much am I offsetting that hip center from the center of the pelvis, 
And then I have so many different options of neck lengths, uh, high offset versus standard offset options. And, and it will basically tell me if you put in this standard stem with a plus five head, you're going to get four millimeters of leg length and two millimeters of offset. And I can basically decide exactly where I want that patient, you know, what's going to be best for them. And we're doing this all in re real time. Unbelievable. I, I mean, the, the thought of that, because, you know, one of the problems that you see from people when when that hip does start to um, degenerate right. is all of a sudden that one hip maybe side will drop. Well, that causes maybe a problem with the knee or the knee on the other side because everything is connected. It's all connected. And so if you don't get everything right back to where it should be, the per people are going to continue to have issues. And yeah. all of a sudden you're replacing a knee on the other side because of something yeah, like that. That's absolutely right. Unbelievable. How do people find, they can just go to the website, do you have a phone number people can call if they want to make an appointment? Yeah, I do I do have a phone number. Uh, it's So this is for the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. It's the easiest way to get an appointment at, at our office uh, with myself or one of our other providers. It's 920-206-6500. Well, I just hope you know that I know your name now, but I'm probably always going to refer to you as Dr. Hodag. And that's fine with and, me. And just because of this great conversation today, uh, thank you so much uh, for visiting with us today. Good luck on your 7.30 surgery. Thank you very much. And looking forward to seeing you sometime, hopefully, in the not-so-distant future. Absolutely. Thanks All for right. having me. We're going to be coming uh, right back with more from Watertown Regional Medical Center here on 95X. In sports, legendary high school basketball coach Eli Krogan passed away over the weekend. Krogan coached 42 seasons, including 22 at Watertown High School. He also wrapped up his coaching career at Wayland Academy from 1996 to 2004. During his tenure, he went 562 and 320 at Watertown to a pair of state tournaments. Also got Wayland to the Wissa State runner-up finish in 2000. He was 87. Visitation and services will be Friday at Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Watertown. Beaver Dam Post 146 White Constructions American Legion baseball team used an eight-run third inning to hold off Jackson 9-7 last night at the BDHS Diamond. Beaver Dam's big inning came with just two hits and seven walks. Alex Soto's three-run single to right was the big blow in that big frame as Beaver Dam improves to 11-5 on the season. Yeah, I like the patience at the plate, like you said. Hopefully we can swing the sticks, get hot again like we were at Stevens Point before this long layoff. I think we're sitting pretty good. We're going to rely on our pitching, and I think the bats will wake up come Friday. That's post-146 skipper Skyler Eberly. Nate Tisdale picked up the victory. Soto got the final out to notch the save. Beaver Dam travels to Lomira Theresa tonight, then will host the AA Regionals starting on Friday. Wapon was a 10-7 winner over Mayville last night. Evan Sauer had a couple of doubles in an RBI. Bryant Ferris drove in 3-4 Wapon. They will travel to Green Lake tonight at 7 o'clock. The Watertown 16Us were 14-0 winners over Kettle Moraine in the championship of the uh, 16U Regional at Wapon yesterday. Watertown earned a trip to the state tournament in Lomira this weekend. The Beaver Dam High School football team has been working hard during their coaching contact days over the last couple of weeks. They get ready for the 2022 season. And the number one most important thing we stress is just having fun. You know, football is a, a really tough sport. It, it demands a lot of the kids physically and mentally. Um, we want to continue to grow our numbers and to grow our program. And, and so we want our kids out here having fun. Um, obviously, 
we want to install some base offensive and defensive things. We want to get a look at some people in some positions, but um, we're not making a depth chart yet. That's Golden Beaver head coach Brock Lindy. After today's workout, uh, Beaver Dam has a joint practice on Thursday in West Bend against West Bend East. First practice of the season coming up on August 2nd. Beaver Dam will open up their uh, regular season Friday, August 19th, and they host Monroe. You can watch that game on Daily Dodge TV. You can hear a full interview with Brock Lindy on the Sports tab at DailyDodge.com. Major League Baseball All-Star Game is tonight at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. Devin Williams, the only Brewers player available. Corbin Burns is in L.A. but opted out of playing in the game. Josh Hader dropped out of the game to spend time with his newborn baby. The Washington Nationals' Juan Soto won the home run derby last night. Today is day three of the Major League Baseball first-year player draft. Columbus High School grad Christian Opera is expected to be drafted at some point as they complete rounds 11 through 20. That is your DailyDodge.com sports update. I'm Wade Bates. It is 13 minutes after 7 o'clock. A big happy and good morning to everybody out there. Uh, We are live this morning from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Thomas back at the Radio Ranch, as always, holding down the fort, taking care of business. Uh, How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you doing? You're having such a fun time over at Watertown. Yeah, we are. Uh, I love, you know, when we can talk uh, physical therapy and we can talk orthopedics, this is like right in my wheelhouse, man. And, you know, talking to uh, Dr. Hodag before, uh, that's his nick. That's his new nickname. It's a great Dr. name. Hodag. Yeah. Hodag. Yeah, do- Dr. Hodag, yeah. Okay. Um, so we we talked to Dr. Hodag. He's got a surgery coming up here. And, and now Christian Long is joining us. He's a physical therapist uh, here at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here, Rick. And uh, a good morning to you as well and all the viewers listening. All right. So let's let's start with a little bit about uh, your history. You're, you're an Illinois guy, aren't you? Uh, born, yep. Born and bred from Illinois. But, uh, you know, I had the, the common sense to move to the great state of Wisconsin <laughs> in uh, 2010. Um Rick and I were chatting earlier. Uh, I've been a, a licensed massage therapist, actually, prior to uh, a physical therapist. So I was working at a, a high-volume chiropractic and physical therapy clinic for just over five to eight years. And uh, a little bit of burnout uh, just led to a pretty big uh, move. And uh, I moved to Sun Prairie in 2010, and I've been here since. Uh, and uh, just absolutely love the state. And, you know, this is home now. So talk to me a little bit about uh, being a physical therapist, because physical therapists are one of the probably most important cogs um, in the in the world of orthopedics, because somebody is not just going to get a shoulder taken care of or a um, knee replaced. They're 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 going to see a lifestyle change because they're they're going to have to start to get themselves back. If they want to get themselves back up and running, they're going to come and see you. Yep. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the schooling that you have to go through to become a physical therapist. Yeah. Um, so uh, as, as it stands right now, in order to become a physical therapist, you have to have a, a doctorate. Uh, that's the, the level of education required. And, you know, that can kind of take on a, a lot of different um, avenues. You know, for myself, uh, I probably went the non-traditional method. I got a bachelor's degree uh, back in the day uh, in history, so in order to become a PT, I had to spend, I think, about three years at community college doing all the prerequisites to then apply to school. So there's three plus another three years or so of grad school, you know, so that adds up pretty quickly. But 
you're going to need a bachelor's degree and then three years of, um, of postdoctorate work. There are some programs, like uh, I have some coworkers who went to Carroll University sure. here, and they have a, a little bit of a different system where you can essentially apply into their PT program as a freshman. And then as long as you maintain uh, an adequate grade point average, keep up with you know, your coursework, I think you can uh, get out of there a little bit earlier. But uh, you know, it's, it's an extensive amount of school. So when you're doing physical therapy, we were talking uh, to doc- Dr. Havik about uh, you know, he does a lot of knee and, and hip replacement. Yeah. Do you, what would you say is the number one post-surgery joint if you will, that you that you help people with? Well, I, I think the beauty of working here at Watertown is, um, it, you know, we get a huge cross-section of uh, all the major surgeries. So I can't really say that, you know, I see more hips than knees or, you know, you're going to talk to Dr. Roman a little bit later. He does uh, shoulder replacements. So it, it, in your day, you're just going to get a really good cross-section um, of those types of uh, surgeries. You know, with the community that we work in, um, you know, the, the joint replacements, I would say, kind of are probably the most, you know, I hate to use the, use the word popular, but, you know, we'll, we'll see a lot of knee and joint replacements on the day. But you'll also see, you know, your classic rotator cuff repairs and, and such like that. So from a recovery standpoint, yeah. you know, uh, Dr. Havik was talking about, you know, the typical like three months recovery time. But is that three months with or without PT? Because I'll tell you what, if you want to speed things up in your yeah. recovery, you're the guy that I want to come see, right? Absolutely, Rick. You, you totally want to come see me. You want to see me for many right, different for reasons. Right, for a lot of different reasons. You know, we're going to have some amazing conversation along the way. We might laugh, we might cry, <laughs> but we'll definitely uh, we'll get you back on the road to recovery. Um, so I, I guess, you know, when you're going through grad school, you're typically asking uh, your, your instructors all these questions, and the classic answer you get is, it depends. Um, so I'll give you kind of typicals, but also recognizing that there's just going to be individual differences amongst everyone. Um, you know, someone who's recovering from, let's say, like a hip replacement, um, and, and there's different types of approaches. I don't know if Dr. Habeck talked to you about that, but that's just kind of some more technical such. You can typically expect someone's going to be in therapy from around six to eight weeks. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that their body is done quote unquote healing. Typical overall healing times can take upwards of 12 to 18 months. Now, like I said, six to eight weeks of about, you know, a a pretty structured therapy schedule. Knee replacements are a little bit more. And here uh, within our group, we front load our our post-operative knee replacement um, schedule. So we'll see you three times a week for four weeks and really load you up heavily so that you can regain your range of motion, get your strength back, regain your functional mobility, and then as the individual is kind of doing from there, then we can start kind of tapering back. Um, Ultimately, we want you safe in the community, walking around. We want you to be able to do flights of stairs, do all your shopping, take care of all your personal cares and such like that. But for like a, a, a knee replacement, you can probably expect on average maybe between 15 to 20 visits per se plus or minus based on the individual. Sometimes people show up for therapy and they're just in amazing shape and you know they require less. Well, one of the things, one of the reasons why I know that physical therapy is so important mm-hmm. is from a standpoint of, of compensation. And what I mean by that is if somebody's had a hip replaced or a knee replaced, a lot of times 
they have been compensating on other joints. Mm-hmm. The, the, the others, you know, we're not talking the old um, uh, uh, Newton physics law. In every action, there's an opposite but equal reaction. Really is true when it comes to hips and knees and ankles and mobility because. If you're if you're sore on one side, you're probably putting more pressure on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I think getting somebody back as quickly as possible probably helps with that. Absolutely, and uh, I, I think that you know you, you bring up a great point, Rick. It's just um, and and this kind of really I think separates the 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 good PTs from the great PTs. It's the ability to kind of look at the body um, as a complete system. And sometimes people are so hyper fixated on, you know, it's my left knee that hurts. They don't recognize that that could be coming from their right hip. Exactly. Their right foot and ankle. Now, our job is to continue to grow and to continue to expand our clinical knowledge and be able to kind of step back and look at the whole system so that we're making that assessment so that's pinpoint, it's accurate, so that then the treatment becomes efficient save time save money i mean who doesn't want to do that right right exactly i know insurance companies uh, really like that when you can save money uh it is 721 we're going to take a, a quick break for entertainment news so without further ado thomas what's happening in hollywood i am going to hollywood movie stardom is just so hollow welcome to hollywood what's your dream this is entertainment news from the 95x morning show all right, here we go. A little entertainment news for you. Oh, you probably, Steve, you probably want to talk to him, didn't you? Well, I need him for entertainment news right now. I mean, we, you know, he doesn't know just joints. He also knows what's going on in the world. He's got his thumb right on the heartbeat of entertainment news. Am I right? More like the pulse. The, the, pulse. There the, you go. The pulse. All right. So you probably heard the big news that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck got married. Okay. Oh, is that is that is that, that is that is is that this uh, Benefer? Yeah, yeah, uh, the, exactly. The Benefer conglomerate. Well, I'm happy for them. Yeah, they got they got married over the weekend That's in nice. a drive-through ceremony in Las Vegas. But they want everybody to know that they are going to be throwing a massive bash when they get back to their um, 87-acre home in Riceboro, Georgia. I don't know if you've gotten your invitation yet for it or not. I'm still waiting on mine. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look in my spam folder today. You know, maybe it's there. Um, but, you know, I'm hopeful. I mean, let's face it. Who doesn't want a six foot four and a half tall bald guy, you know, with a quirky sense of humor at the uh, Benefer, uh, you know, wedding? Oh, hey, Christian, over here. I got a little bit of a soreness here in my shoulder, right? No problem. Celebra- yeah. You know, therapist to the stars, I'm all about that. So if you are listening out there, Benifer, cha-ching. Hook me up. <laughs> Kate Bosworth has officially split from Michael Polish, the actress 39, filed for divorce on Friday in a Los Angeles court. Just so you know, she has been dating now for the last uh, couple of months, Justin Long. He's the the... Apple computer guy that we used to see, and he was in the what number four of the Die Correct. Hard movies. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know about you, Rick, but Die Hard One I think is just you know one of the ultimate Christmas movies, and I get a lot of flack oh. from uh, people out there. It seems that you're either on one side of a camp, oh. you're either in it or you're against it. Thomas, are you falling in love I, with this guy we right need now? Your autograph right now, Doctor. <laughs> Thomas said he needs your autograph right now because he has always been in the camp. That Die Hard is a Christmas movie. All right, I'm with you, Thomas. All right, so here we go. Speaking of Die Hard, uh, 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 Bruce Willis. Yeah. 
was just up on top of the building that served as the Nakatomi Plaza mm-hmm. um, in that classic 1988 movie, Die Hard. His uh, wife, Emma, uh, took him up there and took some video of him standing on top of the Nakatomi Tower mm-hmm. and then edited it together with some of the actual footage from the movie. Just to let everybody know that they're doing pretty well. Of course, Bruce has been mm-hmm. suffering from aphasia, um, which definitely affects his communication skills. Um, I know somebody that's, that's going through this. It's, it's not a fun thing. No. Um, you know, any, anyone who's ever had to deal or, you know, work or, you know, support someone who's going through any type of motor neuron disease just really sees the severity of it. So I think that's really, uh, that's really brilliant and special that they were able to get there. Now, somebody on the lucky end of the scale when it comes to aphasia is Amelia, Amelia Clark. Uh, we would know her as Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. And um, after the... If she had some serious stuff going on during the filming of Game of Thrones. In the first season, she ended up having a brain aneurysm. Yeah. And they had to do surgery on that. And then she had a second brain aneurysm. And this time, she ended up with temporary aphasia. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, you spend your whole life as a actress that's used to being able to communicate to people and to communicate a message, and all of a sudden you can't communicate. She said it makes you wonder about even wanting to live. And she said, I hate to put it be that, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. She said, luckily, her aphasia was only like a two-week version, and she's got every all of her motor skills back, but she's also coming out right now and saying, man, she said, um, you know, I lost a portion of my brain because of all the stuff that I went through and she is one of those miracle people that Mm -hmm. is able to kind of talk about it right now so good to hear for her Mm -hmm. a couple other things is there anything else in the world of uh, there's really not anything else in the world of entertainment worthwhile talking about I got to be completely honest with you um, so we're going to leave it right there. That way Steve can have his conversation with you. Because oh, cool. Because, I, I mean, we don't want to keep Steve waiting. No, we don't. He's he's patient. He's been very patient He so has far. been. He, which, he has been. Which we should give we him a could little. We could give him a little. Is that, is that a golf clap? Or That's a golf clap. Okay, yeah, it's a golf clap for Steve. Uh, we're going to come back with a, a look at news. Ninja's going to update us next on 95X. News time 731 as we head back to the Daily Dodge News Center for a check of news with that News Ninja. Beaver Dam has a new city administrator. The Common Council last night approved the recommendation of the mayor to hire former Pleasant Prairie Village Administrator Nathan Thiel. The council approved the creation of the city administrator position in September while at the same time reducing the role of mayor from full-time to part-time. The Beaver Dam Common Council this week directed $50,000 in ARPA funds to develop a master plan for Edgewater and Crystal Lake Parks. Mayor Becky Gluen says the pandemic revealed the need to have outdoor opportunities for the health of the community, and a plan has to be in place to be eligible for grants. In voting no, Alderman Mick Fisher said the city already spends enough money on parks. Beaver Dam had received around $1.7 million in federal money. And a Conemawak man accused of burglarizing a business in Ashapin made his initial appearance in court yesterday. James Schmelling allegedly entered the business, which scraps junk vehicles, earlier this month and took an estimated $94,000 worth of property. According to the complaint, Schmelling admitted that he was there taking items, but they all belonged to him. If convicted, the 20-year-old faces up to 23 and a half years in prison. A signature bond was set at $1,000 and a preliminary hearing is scheduled for August 25th. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center.
7.32. We are live at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Christian Long is joining us. He is physical therapist here. I asked uh, our good friend, Dr. Hodeg. Are you going to call him Dr. Hodeg when you see him? Try that in the hallway if we're, you know, on our way up to the uh, the cafeteria or something. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> just, just drop it on him because yeah. you know, he was he's from Rhinelander, so he's a hoed egg. Okay. Um, but we were talking to Doctor Hobbick about the fact that you know orthopedics is one of those things. If you've got a bum knee or you got a bum hip or whatever, a lot of times people don't have to go through a primary care physician to make an appointment. Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to getting PT, actually, that is the place to start, isn't it? Well, and that's another, you know, how we talked about the whole it depends uh, type answer. And it it really depends on kind of where you're you're practicing as a therapist and then where you're seeking uh, therapy. In in the context of uh, Watertown Regional Medical Center, um, you do need a a referral uh, in order to, um, you know, proceed with, uh, with physical therapy. Um, currently, you know, the big buzz within physical therapy is, you know, becoming uh, direct access. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's a growing, you know, topic. And, um, you know, we're gaining traction in it. But right now, you know, uh, we require a, uh, a referral in, in order to see us. But it, it's a really simple process. Uh, we can take them from, you know, your GP, an orthopedist, pain science, uh, you know, so it's a very simple, streamlined process. You came from the world of athletics, just like Dr. Hobbick did, playing a lot of hockey, a lot of sports growing up. You played rugby on a semi-professional. You were were working in a pub to support your rugby habit. Absolutely. (laughs) Which is amazing. Yeah, so uh, my my last year, I lived in southeast London in a, a town called Blackheath. And, um, yeah, I, I was playing semi-professional rugby, so I made 100 pounds a week. It was just kind of like a minor league type of contract deal. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant. You know, I, I didn't really have to work. That, that was my job. And then I, uh, I poured beer at a, uh, at a local kind of decorator's pub, they called it. So poured pints and broke up a lot of fights and, uh, you know, had a, good, had a good crack with it. It was almost like an experience within experience. But it's really shaped, you know, who I am today both from experiencing culture on on many different levels, but that was ultimately uh, a big stepping stone in me becoming a physical therapist today. You had somebody that was a, I guess they don't call it a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. They call it, what do they call it over in England? Well, globally, you know, we're we're termed physiotherapists. Physiotherapists. Uh, Physical therapists, if you actually look at it from a, from a, a global standpoint, physical therapist is a very broad category that would include chiropractic, uh, osteopaths, and then physiotherapists. But like most things, uh, over the United States, we're, we're called physical therapists. So globally, it's physio, um, you know, up in Canada, physiotherapist, but in the States, physical therapist. But that was, an, that was probably one of the main inspirations for you to e- end up being what you're doing right now. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, I, I injured my neck uh, fairly severely, and um, our, uh, our PT, a uh, gentleman named Chris Barber, he was an Irish guy, and uh, you know, he was very skilled, and he used dry needling. He did um, uh, manipulation of the spine. He did a lot more hands-on work than than I had received in the states. You know, this was circa 2003. So that inspired me. Once my career kind of fizzled out, go to massage school, and then from there, 
like I said, I worked in a high-volume chiropractic and physical therapy clinic for five years, and then that was the uh, the catalyst uh, to get me here today. So um, hands-on is a big part of what you do as a as yeah. a physical therapist, but I th- I like the fact that there's there's that um, how do I put this in years gone past. Mm-hmm. Physical therapists, uh, massage therapists, chiropractors were not always as respected as what they are today. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out the nice way of putting no, it. No, that's cool. Um, but now we're starting to see where all of a sudden the lights have gone off on a lot of institutions where they're going, oh, I mm-hmm. guess this stuff actually does work. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you on that. And uh, I think the big thing is we just have to really open our eyes and just see just what physical medicine can do and how many systems that we can uh, affect. You know, um, in, in terms of you know your, your comment on manual skill set, I think for me, it's really shaped how I practice. It's the foundation of my treatments with people. Sure. But you have to also get people stronger. You have to get people's bodies re-educated um, through their daily uh, daily function. I would say, you know, shout out to the group that I work with. You know, we have a very, very skilled group of therapists here, and everyone really takes pride in developing those skills uh, from a manual therapy perspective. Um, and also just really taking a lot of great pride in, in just growing, um, you know, on, a, on an annual, on a daily, on a weekly basis. I think it's really amazing that Watertown, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. first of all, has this facility. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not just your little hospital that you find next door. Yeah. This is an amazing medical facility with, uh, I mean, the Women's Health Department alone here. Yeah is something that people travel from all over to come to. Yeah. And it sounds like that's the same thing that you guys are doing in orthopedics right now by having the skilled people that you have in place so people don't have to travel far away to yeah. get what they need. Yeah, it, it's amazing really for being in a, you know, well, let's call it a, a bit of a rural community yeah, here. Right. It, you know, the 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 high level of skill that you're going to get um, the in Watertown Physical Therapy has kind of like a lineage to it. Um, Prior to me, you know, I've been working for four years now, and the reason I um, got this job essentially was because as a student, I set up an internship in uh, on the west side of Madison, in a in a privately owned, real bougie uh, PT clinic. But the therapist who owned it, you know, she had worked out here back oh. in the day. And then two of the therapists uh, who were my teachers, they were doing contract work. You know, so they, there was this kind of just really big network of people that I was just mentored by. And then you get brought in. And then that tradition stands the same. Uh, you know, like I said, we've, just, we've got a great group and we take a lot of pride in delivering you know, a, a really just high value for service with our individuals. So going back to uh, where we started the conversation yeah. at, people can make an appointment um, f- directly uh, through their primary mm-hmm. care doctor, yeah. or or I'm, I'm sure that that comes as, if you're having a, a joint replacement, 
I'm sure that, I, do I call it a package? That that's part of the deal, man. We're going to do the surgery, but then you're going to be responsible for making sure you go through these PT sessions. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, it's part of the gig, uh, as I like to call. But but the beauty th- beautiful thing about being here is you're going to be supported on all levels. Um, we have an amazing um, PTA in our group named Linda Booty, and... Um, she is going to help guide and set up all your appointments, you know, from a post-operative standpoint so that you don't have to, it's all just kind of sorted out so right. that when you show up on, you know, for that surgery, those follow-up appointments are already scheduled and we do a really good job at trying to get you consistency with the same therapist day in, day out. So you can build that rapport because um, that's a huge part of healing. It's a massive part of healing where you can get into a, right. an individual's personal life and just really help them work towards those specific goals. Getting somebody back to normal is what it's all about yeah. at the end of the day. Absolutely. And maybe even better than normal. For sure. Uh, we're live at uh, Watertown Regional Medical Center. We'll have more of the morning show coming up. In fact, we've got our next kick in a classic coming up for you next here on 95X. <laughs> It's 7.45, and we are live from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Uh, time for our kick in a classic this hour. We're going to go back to... Oh, look at that. We're going to go back to 1988, the year of... Die Hard. The year of Die Hard. I was looking at the uh, billboard charts for this day in 1988, mm-hmm. and the number one song that was on the charts on that day was a guy by the name of Richard Marks. I don't know how many of you guys remember Richard Marks or not, but he had a song called Hold On to the Night. And his song stayed number one, which prevented this song that we're going to play from ever getting to number one. Might have been the it might have been one of the only times that we saw a what would be called a hard rock song make it to number two and almost make it to number one. The uh, album came out in 1987. This album or this song ended up becoming the band's signature song, and the song wasn't even going to be on the album until Mutt Lang, who was the producer of the album, heard the uh, lead singer uh, playing guitar and doing a riff. And he's like, I really like that riff. You ought to do a song. And can you get it done in time to put it on the album? Like, no pressure, right? So. The lead singer said that he kind of channeled his um, Aerosmith Run DMC. Remember when Walk This Way came out? Absolutely. Yeah. And he kind of liked that that's the way of kind of mixing rap and rock music. And I don't think a lot of people think of it for this song, but here it is. Number two on this day in 1988, it's our Kickin' It classic on 95X. What's on your mind? I have some news I want to share. Want to hear it? Yeah, it kind of depends what the news is. Is it good news? Good news. Great, good news. That's good news. Great. That is good news. Good news. Let's hear it. All right, let's give you a quick good news story. Uh, you, you might want to keep your eye out for a 13-year-old girl by the name of Elena Wicker. And the reason I bring that up is she has taken the most and made the most out of her educational opportunities. She graduated from high school when she was 12. She's currently enrolled at Arizona State University while she's working towards an engineering degree. But somewhere along the way, her dreams suddenly er, switched gears. She originally wanted to build robots for NASA. Now instead, she's decided she wants to be a doctor. 
Even though she's 13 years old, Elena has already been accepted into medical school at the University of Alabama, making her the youngest black person in the country to ever be accepted at a medical school. If all goes according to plan, she will finish her schooling and be a doctor by the age of 18 years young. She is excited to continue learning and achieving, but she also wants to inspire others. She said, quote, I really want to leave my mark on the world, lead a group of girls that know what they can do. You know, for all the people that complain about the youth of America, I give you this example of what the youth of America really does look like. For sure. Looks pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, if you think about it, like, what were you doing when you were 18, Rick? Oh, you don't want to know. I know. Christian, you don't want to know. We don't want to go there. That'd be a different radio show, right? Yeah, a completely different radio show. We could probably have a lot of talk about that for both you and I in the context. But, hey, congratulations to her, man. That's amazing. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about other weird quirks that people have in life, like liking station wagons. What's... What's this deal you got with station wagons? They're amazing. You know, uh, for the longest time, I was driving this old kind of like Lexus uh, um, SUV type thing. Right. And I'm a tall guy. I'm packed into this thing, and it's just racking my back, killing my body. And then 211,000 miles later, leaky oil... Uh, exhaust leak, alignment issues. It's like, all right, I think we're ready to get a new car, right? So I'm test driving all these just kind of cars, and my older brother suggests, go down the theme of the sport wagon. And I'm like, what? So lo and behold, I go and test drive this like little, uh, I shouldn't say little, but it's not huge, Volkswagen's, you know, kind of uh, Euro sports wagon. And da-da-da-da-da, I'm loving it purchase this thing my i fit so well in this thing rick so now it's a passion of mine i'm all about the wagon and there's this two uh buick actually used to make a regal sport tour x they discontinued it but man is it sexy and the thing about buick (laughs) rick (laughs) they're old people cars (laughs) but but think about buick buick is one of those things where has it just crosses a lot of different levels like we were talking about pub talk in england Sure. Couldn't you and I walk in and just get a pint of Buick? Right. Chrysler doesn't work that way. Like if we said, hey, give me a pint of, like, but if right. you said, hey, hook us up with uh, two shots of Buick, you know, I feel like we'd be setting ourselves up for an interesting evening. You know, my, my, my okay, so I was to London back in 2004, family vacation, true yeah. story. First day we're in London, it's a Sunday, mm-hmm. and, I, and I tell my wife and my kids and the people at Worth, I said, look, the only thing I want to do is I want to go to an authentic English pub, Yeah, have a beer, and have fish and chips. Absolutely. They're like, you know what? That sounds great. So we're walking. We're in this section of, I don't even know what section of London we are in, but we're in the section of London, mm-hmm. and we're walking down this main street, and I look up a side street, and I can see a pub. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. I said, I'll run up there and make sure they're serving. You guys just wait here instead of all of us walking up there. So I run up there. Uh-huh. There's one guy sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. And the and the bartender, a lady bartender, everybody else is in the back of the pub, glued to the TV, because it's the Euro Cup football. It's football, right? Exactly taking place. Yep. And I walk in, and she says, "Oh, you know, can I help you?" And I said, "Yes." I said, "I I see your menu. Are you serving food?" And she says, "No, I'm sorry, love, we're not. We don't serve food on Sundays." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh." This guy sitting at the bar drinking his pint goes, "Oh." Are you an American? And I said, well, yeah, yes, I am. He says, oh, good to have you in our country. He says, what state are you from? 
I say, Wisconsin. Now, the typical response might be, oh, happy days, or oh, Green Bay Packers. His response to me, and I'm not kidding you, was, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, seriously, that's where we're at? That's where we're going. But the good news is he Mm -hmm. told me about the the Lion and Pony Club or whatever, which was down the street, and they were serving food, so I got my fish and chips and my beer. So you got your fish, your chips, you got a pint, and then you were happy. I was good. And I never once ever talked about station wagons with him. Yeah. I probably should have been. And I well, kind of feel bad about that it, now. It depends. You know, over there, a lot of, you're going to get a little bit more Fiats and kind of, you know, yeah. the, the smaller S cars. But, you know, you never know. He could have been into station wagons. Uh, yeah, you just never know. Yep. Hey, so where is the Center for Orthopedics and Rehabilitation located? Yeah, so we are uh, on the ground floor here of the, uh, the medical office building. And um, we're right uh, just down the hall from the, uh, the eye care clinic. And, um, you know, it's a really great setup that we have have over here we've been uh last year we basically merged a an ambulatory clinic um on uh on the outside of town uh with the existing uh pt group uh that was here in the hospital in a brand new space we're right across the hallway from our orthopedics um office so we've got really great communication between staff uh between the two which you know, I used to work um, out in the uh, the ambulatory care clinic, and you know, if you're seeing someone and just something's not looking right, it, it, it was you know, then you're on the phone calling the hospital. This looks like it could be a possible infection. Right. Uh, you know, what should we do? Well, let's get the let's get the person sent over. Nine times out of ten, they would you know end up going to the emergency department, which they didn't need to. Versus now. If, if I'm working with, you know, one of Dr. Roman or Dr. Habeck's patients and, and something just doesn't look right, I can just walk right across the hall. You know, can someone come over yep. and just get a second set of eyes on this? And it, it's really been a, a great benefit. Um, also, you know, we're able to just kind of talk about uh, issues or, you know, problem solve. And, hey, I've got this idea about, you know, a way we can treat a patient. What sure. do you think? Is this jiving, you know, with what you see? And uh, it's just working for a, a really high level of uh, collaborative care. Christian, it has been a fantastic hour spent with you, my friend. I hope we can do this again. Absolutely, Rick. I'm down. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. We're going to continue more with our visit here at Watertown Regional Medical Center coming up on 95X. All right. In sports, Hall of Fame basketball coach Eli Krogan has passed away. Krogan coached 42 seasons, including 22 at Watertown. He also had a run at Wayland Academy. Won over 560 games during his tenure. Led Watertown to a pair of state tournaments and a Wayland to the Wissa State runner-up in 2000. He was 87. Beaver Dam Post 146, White Construction knocked off Jackson last night 9-7 to in a game you watched on Daily Dodge TV. Alex Soto knocked in three runs for Post 146. They will wrap up their regular season against Lamira Theresa tonight on the road. Wapan, a 10-7 winner over Mayville last night. Brian Ferris drove in three. Wapan travels to Green Lake tonight. And the Watertown 16U earned a trip to state with a 14-0 win over Kettle Moraine. Major League Baseball All-Star Game is tonight in Los Angeles for the Brewers. Pitcher Devin Williams, the only available player. Corbin Burns is in L.A. but opted out of the game. Josh Hader dropped out to spend time with his newborn baby. Washington Nationals' Juan Soto won the home run derby last night. 
Today is day three of the uh, Major League Baseball first-year players draft. Columbus High School grad Christian Opper expected to be drafted at some point today. That is your DailyDodge.com sports update. I'm Wade Bates. We are live today from Watertown Regional Medical Center, and it is another beautiful day to be out here. We've been uh, talking all about orthopedics today, and we're going to continue that right now with Dr. Mark Roman, who is one of the uh, orthopedic uh, medical surgeons here. But he's not just a medical surgeon. He's a sports medicine surgeon. And I'll tell you what, um, all he had to do was drop the uh, name Dr. Andrews, and right away my eyes got really big because anybody that has been around the world of sports knows that name. Yeah, there aren't too many physicians who have a 30 for 30 on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. You got to you got to give us background on this. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. You actually grew up in the Madison area. Correct. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Verona, Wisconsin, uh, just on the west side of Madison. Uh, graduated from the University of Wisconsin and then after that, spent uh, five years uh, with two other friends, went down to Orlando, Florida, and had a lot of great fun. Um, refocused, reconnected, and got back into uh, a training program at Creighton University for for a master's program, and then applied to medical school, and ultimately went to medical school at Kirksville College of Osteopathic Medicine in Missouri. Did a orthopedic training at Michigan State University, so on the world of the great divide between the blue and the green, I definitely fall on the green side. That's all right. Um, ultimately, followed that by going to a fellowship with Dr. James Andrews. So wow. it, was a, it was an absolute, you know, it was an absolute treat to spend 18 months working with Dr. Andrews, extra time specializing both basically in shoulder and sports medicine. So we did a lot of, a lot of work with professional athletes from around the world, actually. It was pretty amazing how, how uh, it was set up down there. I still remember um, when I was growing up and, and all the talk of Tommy John surgery. Now, it wasn't called Tommy John surgery at the time because mm -hmm. he was the guy that the, the surgery actually was performed on. But you start, you start going back to those days and seeing how big of an impact sports medicine had on medicine overall pretty amazing that it started off because somebody wanted to keep their career going and that's it dr andrews is kind of considered the most important man in sports because of the second chances he provides so there's at, at most times injuries like that when open surgery was required for the shoulder hip or knee um, those open procedures prevented a lot of those athletes from getting back to it dr andrews was one of the founders of sports medicine and, and part of the founding fathers of arthroscopic or minimally invasive sports medicine which really allowed uh, a greater healing a quicker healing time easier rehab less dysfunction less stiffness post-operatively getting back pe getting people back to sports so what do you spend a lot of your time doing is you do a lot of shoulder surgeries correct Correct. so my one of my main focuses is the shoulder so I do shoulder arthroscopic or minimally invasive work honestly I spend 70% of my time talking people telling people why they don't necessarily need surgery. So really in our world as well, most people come in expecting uh, expecting surgery. And in our clinic, we spend most of our time talking through patients. Christian, as you've already met before in physical therapy and all of his phenomenal team members uh, down in our uh, physical therapy rehab clinic, really do the great work. As surgeons, we always tell patients that it's about 10, your outcome is based 10% on what we do in the operating room and 90% on what you do with rehab. Right. Now, when I, I had, I was diagnosed 
probably, I'm trying to remember the years, but it's probably been maybe 15 years, I was diagnosed with impingement syndrome, which is obviously something that you probably have dealt with a lot. Yeah, right? we, see, we see it a lot. Uh, impingement syndrome is considered basically inflammatory bursitis. A lot of people know it as bursitis or rotator cuff tendonitis or impingement syndrome. And, and in your job, I would expect that as well, based on kind of the postural changes that occur over 40 years of being on radio and in a chair, hun- you know, hunched over. Hunched over a microphone, and a lot of and a lot of baseball and softball, and that too as well. Yep. You know, you, ultimately, you, you you do anything where you're throwing overhead. It sounds like yep. you've got a better chance of having problems with your shoulder. You do, and and a lot of that is mechanics. And so, Dr. Andrews, being one of the founders of of uh, shoulder therapy and rehab as well, we learned over a lot of years that it's it was a lot of mechanical issues. You know, one of the things that one of the reasons I got into orthopedics because I just kind of love the understanding of the function of the biomechanics of the body. And I use it every day. You know, if your mechanical alignment on your car is out, you're not going to just kind of continue to drive it that way. Right. So a lot of the shoulder issues comes from postural mechanics. And so trying to just get people to appreciate that when, you know, when my daughter was six years old sitting at the dinner table, she was sitting up perfectly tall and then life changes iphones and everything else kind of changes oh yeah changes our our overall shoulder posture uh and that leads to impingement and impingement uh over years of impingement over years of overhead athletics uh can cause uh wear and tear issues so when i had mine you know at the time the the doctor had said that they wanted to scope it um, they wanted to get in there, and I think it was it had to do with myochromium. They wanted to do something with, like, shaving some of that off or something like yep. that. Yep, so back in the day, uh, a lot of that uh, more recent literature has actually uh, taken us away from that mentality oh, as well, interestingly enough. Um, but back in the day, we thought that a large bone spur in your shoulder, you know, everybody develops sort of what we call a traction spur. Uh, and some, some folks are a little bit more susceptible some lar- some folks have a little bit larger spur, which makes you a little bit more susceptible to that impingement or irritation of the rotator cuff. The rotator cuff drives the shoulder. So, you know, unlike the hip and the knee where basically you can have ligament injuries, but you can also have arthritis, the shoulder's a little bit more complex in that the rotator cuff is the driver of the shoulder. Postural mechanics of the shoulder blade is important in the shoulder. 30% of the people that come to see me for shoulder actually have cervical spine or neck disorders. So there's, you know, we have to wow. kind of continue to think outside the box. And if you listen to the patient long enough, they'll tell you what's wrong. Well, I was, I was talking to Dr. Hobbick about, I mean, the old, the hip bone is connected to the, you know, thigh bone. That whole deal is, you know, if, if, if one thing is off, it is going to set off other body th- parts to be off. You know, I've, I've known people that have had, um, have had hip surgery, had a hip replacement, and all of a sudden, they had knee problems on the other side, and it's because of this whole body Absolutely. trying to compensate for it. Do you see the sim? Do you see similar things like that with the shoulder? Because I'm, I'm not, you know, the shoulder. I'm not thinking it as a, a joint that uh, there's a lot of pressure on it, like the hip would be on. But do you see correct? The shoulder's not a weight bearing joint, and that's why people can actually tolerate, you know, even arthritis. Um, you don't tolerate arthritis in your knee very well. Uh, even in the moderate stages, but shoulder arthritis has to get fairly severe uh, or people begin to have both rotator cuff issues and shoulder arthritis to get them into our offices. But uh, one of the very important research Dr. Andrews did was just kind of understanding the throwing athlete. And one of the most important things in the rehab that we focus on to try and get a throwing athlete back to it is actually hip and core rotation. So what we found with research was that when you when you categorize people and you focus on a hip and core rotation program, 
uh, to try and get them back to throwing, there's a significant decreased number of injuries in the elbow and the shoulder based on simply strengthening the core. Uh, and so again, that's the, you know, the kinetic chain is all connected. And if, if you have a weak core, in order to get that rotational velocity of throwing, you know, you're putting a lot of more stress on your shoulder and elbow. I think about uh, in, in his prime, Tiger Woods swing. <laughs> and, you know, obvi- obviously this is something you can probably mm. address. But, you know, obviously he, he's, he's got a good upper body. But when you realize the, the rotation that he uses, how he uses his hips, and how he, how he drives with that hip and everything, you realize that it's not about just being this big, bulky guy. Yeah, ultimately, the uh, one of the better things for our surgeon, or our, for our orthopedic practice is guys like Tiger Woods and Bryson DeChambeau trying to swing a little bit harder, and that translates to every public and private course, correct? <laughs> yeah. So everybody tries to hit it 300 yards with the with very poor mechanics, and ultimately that does lead to you know injury. So that's one of the things that we a lot of things we talk about in the office. Do you think that do you think that the, because of his mechanics, maybe that led to a lot of the back issues he's, he's Abs- had? Absolutely. But I also think you just there's got to, there's just a limit. Right, so I think any of us, um, when we were 18 to 25, could pretty much do anything. As we talked before, correct. Most of us are can can plastically deform, you know. But as we get a little bit older, the mechanics of things break down. The uh, motions of the the joints in your spine are going to decrease and ultimately cause wear and tear issues. And then it's just a, you know, you know, just like Christian was talking about his his uh, station wagons. I mean, with time, 250,000 miles on a car or a shoulder is still going to break down eventually right and i mean you just have to be able to in your mind be able to transition from things you know i i don't run as much as i used to just because of the the impact that that puts on a 60 year old body but man i can get on my elliptical and i can go a long time Absolutely. without getting that 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 same impact same thing with plyometrics man i just don't i just don't do as much of the jumping and the bouncing as as i used to i miss it but at the same time, you have to learn at some point that... Eh. Yeah, and I try, and, and Dr. Andrews is a, a major proponent of, um, of cross-sport training. So we're trying to get people out of one-sport mentality. Uh, I think it does a great thing if you can play three sports, as I did, you know, football, baseball, and basketball in high school. Uh, I think it's really important to try and get the body to do different movements throughout the season and then also, you know, in the off-season. And then we also encourage... You know, six weeks of, of not absolute rest, but rest, you know, especially in a growing skeleton and a growing body. Yeah. But I agree with you that the more the more you can do, I, I try and t- tell most people, we have a lot of very avid runners. I try and get them to ride a, you know, a Peloton or ride a bike maybe one to two days a week, just kind of offload some of that stress exactly. on the joints. Swimming is probably uh. the best thing we could do. Um, you know, the shoulder has the mechanics of the shoulder and swimming and in a, in a throwing like a baseball is so much different than, you know, just the simple hinge joints of the knee. So there's a lot of things the shoulder can do. Yeah, swimming calorie burn just alone on Absolutely. that is crazy. Uh, it's 821. We're going to talk to Jennifer, get the weather forecast, your five random facts. It's all straight ahead. We're live from Watertown Regional Medical Center. More morning show coming up on 95X. And it's vital. Oh, it is 824. We're going to talk with Jennifer, get that south-central Wisconsin weather forecast if everything is uh, all ready to roll. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, we are learning all about uh, joint replacements and all kinds of cool things here today at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Uh, Science is a wonderful thing. Of course, you're in the world of science. Let's talk scientifically, then, about what we can experience for weather over the next couple of days. It was a hot, sticky day yesterday. It's got um, 
It's got that same kind of a feel this morning. Jennifer, do you think we're going to we're going to see some more temperatures this week in the 90s? I think for the most part we'll linger in the 80s. Today's our closest day to getting up to right around 90, so some station, some locations might see that. We're looking at right around about the Beaver Dam area of around about 88 degrees this afternoon, but some surrounding areas might see 90 degrees today. Mostly sunny skies, otherwise still pretty muggy and humid today. Tonight, slight chance for showers and thunderstorms, partly cloudy, low near 71. Sunny skies to start off Wednesday, but then a blend of clouds and sunshine develops. Slight chance for showers and storms in the afternoon hours, high around about 83. Thursday, mostly sunny, high of 87. Degrees 85 here on Friday with some sunshine and Saturday chance for showers and thunderstorms. Blend of clouds and sunshine develops high around 85. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wichitsky. This is five random facts. Let's spin the random wheel of topics. Yeah, he's just saying random words on the 95X morning show. All right, here comes your five random facts. Random fact number one, when Vincent Price agreed to do the voice work for Michael Jackson's Thriller, he was given a choice. That choice was taking a percentage of the album proceeds or being paid a flat $20,000 fee. Yes, Uh he chose the $20,000 fee. Oh, no. Well, that was the same thing, I think, that happened with Al- Sir Alec Guinness when he played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars. He didn't think anything was going to be made of it, and I think he was offered, or did he get part of the toy sales? And that ended up being the biggest moneymaker you know you could have possibly had. Uh, random fact number two. No former Secretary of State has ever been elected president. Since James Buchanan in 1956, Hillary Clinton would have been the second if she had won back in 2016. Uh, Random fact number three. This is cool. During World War II, women couldn't get stockings because all the nylon in this country was being used for parachutes and ropes. So women would draw fake seams down the back of their leg so it looked like they were wearing nylons and what was their and what was their item of choice used to draw with wasn't a pencil it wasn't a pen it was gravy you yeah they would paint on gravy to make it look like line could you imagine that you go to visit your friend in his schnauzer and they won't leave you alone ay 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 Uh, Random fact number four, there's no chemical you can put in a pool that makes the water change color if someone pees. If you've ever seen the movie um, with uh, Kevin James, uh, Grown Ups, yeah, it shows these big blue puddles. That's not true. (laughs) That's a myth. And lastly, um, you don't have to have relations with somebody in order to catch what is known as crabs. You just have to be in close contact with someone who has them, um, like somebody sharing a bed. It's it's like uh, the same thing as what uh, bed bugs. So there's a lot of again myths out there about ways that things happen that are not necessarily true. Because you wanted to know, and I'm of course the person that's going to tell you, Jennifer. On that note, you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much. You too. <laughs> that's all great. right. That's. Great.
Isn't that fantastic? That's pretty cool. Now, now you learn some things that you can share with people the next time you're getting ready for a big surgery, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you can you can say, uh, you know, as you're getting random your, fact number one. Right. <laughs> Just don't use that last I'll, random. I'll fact. stay away from number. Five. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from number five. Go with something a little. Uh, go with <clears throat> gravy. And when in doubt, go with gravy. Probably going to be safer on that one. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on here with Dr. Mark Roman and the uh, orthopedic sports medicine program here at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Ninja is going to update us, though, right in a moment with a look at local news. So stay close. Local news is next on 95X. News time is 8.32 and 30 seconds as we head back to the Daily Dodge News Studio. News this hour is brought to us by Hometown Glass and Improvement, Highway 33 East of Beaver Dam. Here is the News Ninja. Beaver Dam has a new city administrator. The Common Council last night approved the recommendation of the mayor to hire former Pleasant Prairie Village Administrator Nathan Thiel. The council approved the creation of the city administrator position in September while at the same time reducing the role of mayor from full-time to part-time. The Beaver Dam Common Council this week directed $50,000 in ARPA funds to develop a master plan for Edgewater and Crystal Lake Parks. Mayor Becky Gluen says the pandemic revealed the need to have outdoor opportunities for the health of the community, and a plan has to be in place to be eligible for grants. In voting no, Alderman Mick Fisher said the city already spends enough money on parks. Beaver Dam had received around $1.7 million in federal money. An Economowoc man accused of burglarizing a business in Ashapin made his initial appearance in court yesterday. James Schmelling allegedly entered the business, which scraps junk vehicles, earlier this month and took an estimated $94,000 worth of property. According to the complaint, Schmelling admitted that he was there taking items, but they all belonged to him. If convicted, the 20-year-old faces up to 23 and a half years in prison. A signature bond was set at $1,000 and a preliminary hearing is scheduled for August 25th. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Some of which I don't like to speak up. I do believe we're back. Uh, Dr. Mark Roman and I are having the off-air conversation about the five years. The missing five years. <laughs> because I think it's kind of crazy how... You, you know, you graduated, you did your undergraduate, and then you decided to kind of like, oh, like, I'm going to take a little time off, maybe discover myself for a couple months or a year, and it ended up being five yep. years. And, and as most of us would, you know, you'd, you'd expect to take a year off. Uh, I helped pay my way through undergrad, and so I knew I wanted to continue to work, trying to earn money to continue to pay through med school as well. So one year turned into five years uh, for a 22-year-old in Orlando, Florida. Oh, Man. That can happen. Oh, that's a good life, dude. <laughs> it was fun. Now, I ultimately settled, uh, and not as exciting as I did settle on being an orthopedic tech down in Orlando, Florida, at the Orlando Regional Medical Center. So uh, uh, six months to a year of that was spent uh, doing odd jobs, uh, various uh, out, of the, out of the white pages of the newspaper back then. Wow. But then ultimately turned into orthopedic tech job at Orlando Regional Medical Center. I worked with 12 orthopedic surgeons, and, and at that time, certifications weren't required to work both in the operating room as well as in their clinic. So wow. I was able to do uh, be a cast tech in the clinic, and then I would go to surgery with them as well. And that that really kind of opened my eyes up to what I wanted to do the rest of my life. You So we were talking before, too, about the fact that 
obviously the the big shoulder replacements and hip replacements and all those kinds of stuff are the I'll call them the big sexy uh, surgeries. But you're also doing trauma and stuff here, aren't you? Yep. So uh, we are we are a uh, we're not a tertiary referral center for trauma. However, we do manage the majority of general uh, breaks and bones, meaning wrist, wrist fractures, hand fractures, leg fractures, foot, hip fractures. Uh, as of which we were talking about, we were doing last night till wow. late hours. Wow. Okay. So I remember I broke my leg in fourth grade, first and only time ever ice skating. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My mom was a uh, my mom was an LPN. Took me and the neighbor out to ice skate. As soon as I fell and hit the ice, I yelled, "I broke my leg!" And my mom ran out on the ice and picked me up. And my leg was in so much pain and took me in. And yeah, tibia, fibia, both broken. Um, back in those days, that was fourth grade. I had a cast on from the tip of my toes up to my groin. Yep. So in younger folks, we we still do that. Actually. Oh, you still do yep. that? Long leg cast application and uh, conservative management with. Tibia fractures, especially in children, uh, they heal so extremely well. So is, the is there a reason? Do you want less mobility? Uh, it's rotation, actually, of the lower leg. So if you think about it, if we lock your knee, right, and we can lock rotation of the foot and ankle. So below your knee, you do have rotation of your foot. And so we're trying to lock the rotation in, which is why you try and keep those two bones in the le- lower leg stable. Oh, makes sense. I mean, especially when you're talking about kids who have this growing thing that sure. goes how long does how long does i mean obviously you can add more bone growth you know i i, I constantly tell people that i work with outside of radio in my in personal training life about how important it is especially for women that have that are going through menopause um and dealing with possible osteoporosis osteopia all those kind of things you can continue to lift heavy weights and add more bone growth what time? At what time of a person's life, though, does that adolescent growing kind of stop? Yeah, so girls mature their growth plates uh, mature earlier than boys. So girls will typically mature around the 12 to 13, 12 to 14 range, and boys more like 15 to 16. They can still grow skeletally wise, especially in the spine, for late up into their 20s. You know, so you get these high school guys that go to college and add three inches even when in their freshman sophomore year in college as well as far as bone mass we're we'd like to think that the greatest bone density is about 25 year so we compare everything to a 25 year old male in regards to longevity and bone density uh you're right though uh resistance training so low impact resistance training can continue to to stress the bones to keep the bones healthier so even later in life i love the silver sneakers and the curves programs for just that to try and keep people active uh, with low resistance walking is excellent for aerobic conditioning but the body does continue to need more stresses with shoulders hips knees and backs too so we want to maintain that light resistance activity late, even into later in life right I, I know that i can't i can tell you how many ladies that i have worked with um you know that that 40 to 55 range that have introduced them to the world of, to weights and one of the first concerns they have is i don't want to get bulky well once you explain to them a your body doesn't produce testosterone and b you're gonna to have to take in like four thousand calories to actually get bulky once you explain that to them they're kind of more open to it and all of a sudden they start to reap the benefits of it after they've been doing it for a while they do and and uh by doing resistive training low impact you're actually going to prevent injuries and that's kind of the what the majority of a of a practice that I have in sports medicine, what we talk about. Sports medicine encompasses everything from the six-year-old who breaks their tibia, you know, ice skating, to the, you know, 90-year-old who's gardening still. 
And so sports medicine has changed over the years to encompass um, not all just athletes, but even workers, right? So the John Deere implement facility uh, manufacturing line worker that you've talked about in the past as well uh, is all encompassed in sports medicine. It's just really movement medicine. You know, one of my undergraduate degrees was kinesiology, which is the study of movement. Uh, and so understanding that, that's what kind of drove me into orthopedics is just understanding the function uh, and the biomechanics of the body and kind of correlating that to, uh, you know, some science as well. All, and, every, and all of these different areas kind of really meld together. You know, Christian was talking about how convenient it was to be able to have the rehab department and the orthopedic department like basically like intertwined together. So that com- that line of communication continues. That's so important nowadays to make sure that everybody is on the same page. Absolutely, and the uh, the model actually is what Dr. Andrews perfected. You know, he had athletic trainers at the high schools, which we do as well. We have five high schools in the region, so we cover Watertown High School, Luther Prep, Lake Mills, Johnson Creek, and Dodgeland, and we employ athletic trainers to be in those schools, taking care of the athletes and the teachers, as well as the staff, and then. They have direct access to physical therapy as well as direct access to my cell phone um, to get us to get patients into the clinic. Dr. Andrew, there's no one that was better that, than Dr. Andrews at, at that. He, one of the major lessons he told us or taught us was basically the three A's affability, meaning just be humble. You know, he would treat, um, <clears throat> when, we did, when we would do surgery on Brett Favre, the same day we did surgery on Brett Favre, we, uh, we did surgery on a 14-year-old local wow. um, you know, Birmingham athlete. So, you know, he and he treats the mother the same way he treats the agent, right? So he has the ability to, you know, transform his, his perspective and his approach with those patients, but treating them all as if, you know, they're the number one star athlete. And then ability, right? So his, his lesson was continue to learn. If you're not learning, you're not living kind of deal. And so in, our, in orthopedics especially, it's probably not another specialty in medicine that changes as rapidly and as quickly in regards to the technology. Uh, so what Dr. Hobbick is doing with robotic surgery and uh, what we're doing in shoulders with patient-specific implants, we do 3D CT scans to create a three-dimensional model and then a patient-specific implant uh, built directly for them to implant. How many times do you guys uh, do reverse shoulder? Yep, so reverse has actually become extremely uh, more popular, and its indications has broadened significantly. uh, When it first came out and was FDA-approved in the United States, it was really meant for people over the age of 70 with uh, rotator cuff dysfunction. When the the rotator cuff uh, becomes dysfunctional in the shoulder, you really have a limb that you can't raise overhead or reach with. Um, the combination of arthritis and rotator cuff disease, we do reverses predominantly for people who have failed rotator cuff, but also we're starting to do it more so because if you think about it, the wear and tear on a rotator cuff is going to happen even if they have arthritis. So if I have a 65-year-old, 65-year young, the older we get, right? <laughs> right. 65-year um, young uh, patient as well, I kind of know that the rotator cuff is thinning or it's going to become deficient and so we want to give these people uh, a lasting implant that hopefully will last them 15 to 20 years so reverse shoulder arthroplasty is revolutionized shoulder work and it is uh it's a salvage procedure typically uh, for patients who have rotator cuff dysfunction even after a primary anatomic shoulder um, but that's a, an entire conversation in itself the oh, difference. I know. and so we'll come back and do that for I- sure I would love to do that. We gotta have a. We gotta have you back, like to do an eleven ten program because this is unbelievable stuff. Like the reverse shoulder thing, we, we're we're on the tip of the iceberg on this thing yet. Um, 
telephone number real quick. Do you have a telephone number for the, the clinic? We do. It is 920-206-6500. And if you go onto our website, not only can you see uh, the specialties and the physicians as well, but you can also you know, kind of get some feedback in regards to what other patients have, have said about us and why they, you know, why they see us. When I've, re- when I've reviewed our website, it's really fun to see um, what I feel as though kind of the absolute purpose of why we're in medicine is to obviously help people. But one of the major things Dr. Andrews taught us too is to listen. So if you listen long enough, people will tell you. If you look through our reviews on our website, probably 80% of the reviews talk about the fact that they came to our clinic and they felt like they were cared for, but more importantly, listened to. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, people want to know that their voice matters. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have uh, Today's Day in History coming up next here on 95X. Time for Today's Day in History. We are making history here, people. We're making history. You are on the wrong side of history, my friend. You guys ready to make history? On the 95X Morning Show. Oh, yes. It is time for today's... Yes, we are ready for today's day in history. I thought so the same way there, Richard. We are starting off the 19th of July with... uh, Oh, let's go 64 CE, current era. The Great Fire of Rome occurred. It destroyed half of the city. Contrary to rumors, Nero was not playing the fiddle when the city burned, but he did blame the Christians. That much is true. Of course he did. Yeah. Uh, We go to 1553 when Lady Jane Grey was replaced by Mary I of England as queen after only nine days on the throne. Ooh. Uh, 1845. Another fire in today's history. A lot of fires going on around the world today as well. But the last great fire to hit Manhattan began early in the morning. The Great New York City Fire of 1845. It was subdued that afternoon, but the fire killed four firefighters, 26 civilians, and destroyed 345 buildings. Wow, that's a lot of buildings lost in Manhattan from one fire. I mean, it sounds like the Great Chicago Fire. Quite a bit. Uh, Three years later, 1848, a two-day women's rights convention opened in Seneca Falls, New York. We go to 1995. Road Rules made its debut on MTV. And one year later, this is kind of sad, 1996, Tales from the Crypt finally came to an end, the TV series. Mm. Oh, yeah. Such a great series. Really creepy. Uh, Let's go to Celebrity Birthdays. John the Bones Jones is 35, UFC fighter, former light heavyweight champ. Caitlin Doubleday, Jesse Kane on Nashville is 38 today. Uh, Jared Padaki is 40. Cordell Walker on Walker and Sam Winchester on Supernatural. Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch is 46 today. Brian May, the lead guitarist to Queen, is 75. Uh, Bernie Lydon, the original Eagles guitarist. Wow, a lot of guitar birthdays yep. today. 75. And from the average white band, Alan Gorey is 76. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Thomas. We are going to be wrapping up from uh, Watertown Regional Medical Center here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, Before we get there, though, Dr. Mark Roman has been joining us. And like I say, we could 
we could easily talk for a couple of hours of all the cool stuff. Uh, this is this is really fascinating. Um, shoulder pain. Is, okay, so I was talking before to Dr. Hobbick about um, hip pain. And I think a lot of times, for some reason or another, people a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know, my hip hurts on the side. I must need to have a hip replacement. It's like, no, if, you're, if your hip's going to hurt and it's going to need a replacement, it's probably coming from the groin. Not, it's not hip bursitis. What about shoulder pain? How does somebody know if their shoulder is something that needs to be replaced or just needs some kind of rehab for it? Yeah, as, as, uh, no different than the hip and the knee. As arthritis works its way into a joint, you often get more stiff. So I think a lot of patients appreciate that. The difference about hip, knee, and shoulder is that the shoulder is not a weight-bearing joint. So you can modify your activity. So I have a lot of people that come from uh, John Deere implement and facilities like that who have really, over the course of the years, six, seven years, haven't really appreciated it but they've lessened the amount of rotation and motion in their shoulder. And so as arthritis develops in the shoulder, if people are honest with themselves, they'll realize, yeah, I haven't put anything on the top shelf in my pantry for a while because I can't. I can't put my dishes back on the top shelf. And over time, that lack of motion or loss of motion should be a sign. If you're starting to lose motion in your shoulder, then you should probably start to see us. The majority of aches and pains in the shoulder can be treated with just simple Uh, postural functional activities so again going back to Christian and the great work they do in physical therapy 70% of the patients come my office we can get better with just simple mechanical you know changes alignment issues physical therapy some uh, we use uh, ultrasound guidance in the office so in the ultrasound I can actually do an ultrasound of your shoulder and look at the rotator cuff we don't need an MRI to actually look at the rotator cuff in your shoulder Uh, I can do that in the office and we can evaluate it and we can go through it and I can d- explain and describe and, and teach patients about, you know, what the rotator cuff looks like and why it functions as it does. That's most of most of my day is just trying to educate people about the mechanics of things. So when I had my frozen shoulder last year, and I got an injection for it, um, it felt good for a while. It felt great for a while. Then it started kind of going back the other way. But then all of a sudden, it kind of straightened itself out, and now it's back to I feel like I've got pretty close to. Maybe like 85, 90% functionality. Yeah. Is, there at a, is there a point where somebody should be going like, this isn't normal, um, I really need to have this looked at? I mean, is there some kind of a assessment that a person could do on their own to see where they're at? Sure, and I think that starts with just sort of you know listening to yourself about how this all started, right? So if you fell on the ice three months ago and your shoulder continues to give you problems, that's a traumatic injury. Traumatic and mechanical injuries often need mechanical solutions. Um, if you woke up with discomfort, you know, that's a completely different story. So when you think, when you just tell yourself sort of like, how did this progress? Ask yourself, how did it start? Do I remember pulling a starter on a lawnmower and feeling a tweak in my shoulder? Or was it just something I woke up with? Did I, you know, I have a lot of patients who paint an entire first level one day and then the next day they're, they wake up and they can't move their neck and their shoulder. Well, that's, you know, that's pretty typical. Give it three to six weeks. Um, utilize uh, moist heat and ice as needed. Uh, take maybe some low-level anti-inflammatories if you're able to, and then uh, just work on your range of motion and continue to keep your range of motion. If it's not better in in three to six weeks, though, that's where start things start to, um, you know, you should get evaluated. And like Christian said, you know, the hope someday is that we can get some direct access to guys like Christian and in physical therapy. At this point, you still need a referral 
typically from your primary care facility, or you can actually just make an appointment with us directly to get a uh, further evaluation. Okay, you said something that I want to hit before we leave, and that is ice and heat. That's the question that even doing my other job that I get all the time from people, what's appropriate, when is it appropriate, how do we know? Yeah, so, I mean, initially, I think inflammation is a cause of a lot of our issues. So in an acute injury, absolutely you know the the books the textbook or dr google might tell you three to five days of icing i'm a firm believer of of icing for even up to four to six weeks after an acute injury um, the other thing is when when you're going to do range of motion then do apply moist heat prior to the motion and then ice afterwards there's a reason why Giannis jumps in an ice bath after every basketball game right he's trying to decrease inflammation development in the joints inflammation causes um, stiffness and swelling and uh, and uh, decreased function. So I would say ice after acute injuries, Okay. That can, and that can even be up to four to six weeks. Uh, and then heat, moist heat is excellent for uh, improving range of motion. And, and in adhesive capsulitis, frozen shoulders, one of the di- most difficult conversations I have in my office. And partly it's because we don't know, we still as of yet, after 50 years, 60 years of, of seeing and understanding the, the bio- biology of it, we don't exactly know why it occurs in some people and others. We know we have population densities like diabetics uh, and smokers who are it's higher risk in. However, it's the toughest conversation because it really ultimately is, if you leave it alone, 18 to 24 months, it will improve itself, it'll work its way out. Uh, sometimes we can accelerate that with physical therapy and intraarticular injections like you had. Uh, but most people will get about 88 to 92% of their full function and motion back. Okay, excellent. That's when you mentioned moist heat. What what would you say is a good a source of moist heat? What what can a person yeah, do? Yeah, so you can. Uh, well, there's just a lot a lot of things where you have heat packs that you can put into the into the microwave and then just um, you know just put moist a moist towel oh, out, okay. uh, underneath that basically. Yeah. Okay, that's simple enough. Yep. Dr. Roman, this has been awesome. I wish we could do this longer. Yeah, I I do too. I wish we could do it longer. We will do it longer. We'll have you come in sometime for an 1110 program. I love That's that. what we're going to do. Sounds great. Um, cool. Looking forward to it. You're, the, the clinic that you have here, the Orthopedic Sports Medicine Clinic, uh, obviously has become probably one of the highlights of a medical facility. And it seems like you guys are on the road to being exactly that. Yeah, I feel like we, uh, we have, with our, with our fellowship training and uh, our orthopedic program and the expansive physical therapists, athletic trainers, um, and nurse practitioners and physician assistants in the office. There's not really much that we can't handle. Uh, we feel like we're a local tertiary facility, really, because we feel like you know there's probably 98% of orthopedics and all musculoskeletal care that we can manage here locally and prevent people from having to go to Milwaukee Madison. I love the fact that you're the uh, you're the little engine that's got the chip on the shoulder that says, "Yeah, we're just like the big guys. We're just in this little we're just in this little community, right?" Yeah, absolutely, it's important to bring. Um, highly specialized care to the community. I think that was a transition, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, especially with more more physicians training in fellowships and getting trained. Uh, trying to fill in the, into the communities is important to keep people at home. That's what it's all about. Dr. Roman, thanks again for visiting with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. We are going to come back and wrap things up with our final kick in a classic of the day coming up.